Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Recovery Show, where we discuss practical, actionable steps for anyone who wants to achieve their dream of getting and staying well, happy and free from any form of alcohol dependence. Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Recovery Show. Today's episode is entitled, Why Do I Do What I Don't Want To Do? Recently, a listener contacted me to share the following experience that prompted today's episode. She said, I've tried to stop drinking on numerous occasions. The pattern is, I have a crisis brought on by drinking, for example, a big bust up with my family when I'm drunk, or an accident at home requiring hospital attention. I decide to stop drinking, but within a couple of weeks I'm back on it. Why do I do what I don't want to do? Do you relate to this listener's experience? It's really frustrating to go through the whole process of having a crisis, deciding to stop drinking, but then drinking again and sooner or later, repeating the same sad cycle. As well as being frustrating, this pattern eats away at self-esteem and self-confidence. Maybe you are the sort of person who is self-disciplined in other areas of life. You work hard at your job. You can get things done when you're not drinking. You can get fit or lose weight when you put your mind to it. But when it comes to booze, after a period of time, the motivation just ebbs away. In your rational mind, you know, for you, drinking is a bad idea. Or you have acknowledged that downing that third or fourth drink is going to lead to trouble, but you do it anyway. You do what you don't want to do. It can be baffling and puzzling. So what's going on? To deal with it, we might change our behaviour. We stop seeing drinking friends. We avoid the bars and clubs. The part of the grocery store where the booze is on display is off limits. For a while this works. It will certainly help to change behaviour and there's nothing wrong with that. But one day, when you are feeling tired, cranky and a bit low, you walk into the store intending to buy some bread and you are confronted by a special beer promotion right there by the entrance. You grab a box of beer and head straight to the checkout. What happened to all your resolve? You don't want to drink, but you bought the beer. Why? In truth, there are many reasons why this sort of thing happens, but let's unpick some of them. In this example, there are efforts to change behaviour, but nothing else. There is behaviour change on the surface, and this works fine when you feel physically well, emotionally calm, and your rational mind is in control. But what happens when you feel below par, when you feel tired, hungry, grumpy or just a bit off? Or maybe you're having a great time. Life feels fantastic. You're on a bit of a high and a thought pops into your mind. A little drink would make it even better. And off you go. Back onto the not-so-merry, merry-go-round, Groundhog Day again. I knew someone once who struggled to stop drinking, 
because most times when they drank, it was a big drama. They worked as a teacher, and although they were gifted at the job, their sporadic but disastrous drinking sprees were putting their job and reputation at serious risk. In desperation, they moved away from their hometown in the northern part of the UK and took a job in an international school in the Emirates, where alcohol is banned. However, despite this fundamental change in their living situation, they managed to get friendly with expat work colleagues who had some homebrew going, and this person ended up losing the job in the dry country. Again, they had made huge efforts to change their behaviour, including a change of job and country. But despite all these practical efforts, they drank again. Why did they do what they didn't want to do? You will no doubt be familiar with the concept of the rational mind and the subconscious mind. Some people talk about the human brain, that is, the part that is logical and reasonable, and the chimp brain, the part of our mind that is impulsive, lacks attention, demands instant gratification and hasn't got the patience to think through the pros and cons of a decision. When we are calm, physically well and it's fairly easy to connect the human or rational part of our mind, but when we are not, either feeling very high or very low, the connection gets interrupted And the chattering, greedy part of the mind jumps in with not-so-helpful suggestions like One drink won't hurt Or You've had a tough day You need a drink Or I'm okay now I can have a drink if I want to Another thought is I need a drink to fit in The impulse to drink might be so rapid It's not even an articulated thought It's just a vague concept behind the overwhelming impulse. Why does this happen? Maybe it's happened to you again and again. One of the powerful reasons it happens is because even though you've changed lots of the things you do in your life and your rational thoughts might be going along sober lines, but the not-so-rational part of your mind hasn't changed. To make it even worse... This monkey brain is more powerful than the thinking brain, so no wonder things go wrong. So what's the key to changing not just our superficial behaviour, but the driver behind the behaviour? What we need to do is change our deepest held beliefs, those embedded thoughts that have formed grooves in our neural pathways and keep firing off, propelling us to do what we don't want to do. Beliefs such as, a drink cheers me up, I need to drink to belong, I need to drink to cope with life, people don't like the real me, I need a drink to be more funny or interesting. Oftentimes, we're not consciously aware of some of the beliefs. So how do you change the beliefs that are running the show? The first stage is to be aware of your beliefs. I write about this in my book, The Alcohol-Free Woman, which I hope to publish at the end of the year. Although I write this in the context of supporting women, the process of uncovering beliefs is applicable to everyone. There are various techniques to be more aware of your beliefs, such as watching your thoughts, listening to yourself talk, 
being aware of how you speak about yourself with others, noticing your behaviour and pondering on your motivations. A helpful practice is to avoid falling into autopilot, that default setting we all have that could have us sleepwalking right to the next drink. Jotting down a few notes can help you spot patterns in thinking and reacting that can help uncover beliefs. For example, going back to the story of the teacher who took a job in a dry country, she realised that she needed to change her thinking and beliefs. One of the behaviours she noticed in herself was a tendency to put in excessive hours at work. This might seem unrelated to drinking, but hear me out. When she talked it over with me, she realised that her unconscious train of thought was I need to be extra hard-working. If I mess up because of my drinking, my employer will make allowances because I'm so hard-working. Also, I work hard, so I deserve a drink. She had not previously articulated these precise thoughts, but they were the deep-held beliefs that drove her behaviour. Today she works at another job and makes sure she takes all her breaks and leaves on time at the end of the working day and she doesn't take work home. If you are interested in finding out more about how to change patterns of behaviour at a deeper level, you will find many of our books at Wins Press to be helpful. In particular, Mindfulness for Alcohol Recovery, a book I co-authored with Lewis David, has lots of guidance and supportive practices to help you notice and shift beliefs, thinking and behaviour for sustainable change. So to finish today, I hope that today's episode has shed some light on why you do what you don't want to do. Thank you to everyone who's been in touch recently. I'm always delighted to hear from listeners. I'm so pleased to hear that these podcasts are helping people to get well and stay well. So with the warmest best wishes for your recovery, health and happiness, I'll sign off for now. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.